Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. Today we have with us Yoli, who has been on the podcast before. She is a plethora of information. And today we have her talking to us on a different topic. But before we get started, I want Yoli just to remind us just a little bit because she got so much. Her background is so vast. (laughs) Just give us a little bit Mm -hmm. of information on your background in wellness so the people who are listening can know what your authority is on what we are about to talk about. Yes. So I am the co-founder of the Food and Wellness Equity Collective, Mm -hmm. which Kim and Joanne are both esteemed founding (laughs) members of. And we are so glad to have them. I am also a what some a plant-based nutrition specialist and certified in plant-based nutrition specifically mm-hmm. from Cornell. Mm-hmm. And I am a pending herbalist. And I say pending because there is no real accreditation for herbalism, mm-hmm. but there are probably which is a shame because there should be. But with that, I'm a lifelong student. So I always say pending. I don't know if I ever feel comfortable calling myself a master or anything. <laughs> Because really that term can be overused. And I think to be a master of anything, you need to have been doing it consistently and doing it well for like 20 plus Mm -hmm. years for me to call anyone or to look at anyone, including myself as a master. Or guru. Yeah. That's an overused term too, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like 11 years in. So I got some time to keep going and get to that, that level. It's like calling someone an elder. Right. Mastership is like elder to me. Yeah. And that elder is a term of wisdom and, and knowledge. So yeah, I'm getting there eventually. Nice. So let's talk about our herbalist. Go ahead and define for us what is an herbalist to make sure that we're on the same page and our audience is on the same page. Mm-hmm. So an herbalist is someone who utilizes the plethora of plant herbs, flowers, and roots to mm-hmm. create tinctures and teas and decoctions and mm-hmm. syrups that are meant to be medicinally used for the most part and also culinary use. Mm-hmm. And plants are, listen, the whole pharmaceutical industry exists because of plants. I know okay. that's right. That is right. <laughs> so <laughs> it all started with herbalism. I remember visiting Quebec mm-hmm. and there is a place called Monastery de Augustine. Mm-hmm. And it is the first modern hospital in North America. Mm. But the beauty of that place is it was run by nuns and they had an apothecary Mm. and the museum, the museum that they have there, it's a hotel. It used to be a a monastery. Now it's converted to monastery and hotel. So you can actually stay there and they have a museum downstairs in the basement and the nuns were hoarders. They threw out <laughs> nothing. So all the things they use for their apothecary are there. So mortar and pestle, oh, cool. wow. all the materials. And this is from like the 1600s. Wow. I don't know if it's a selling or the transferred operation of the actual hospital that they ran for hundreds of years to the city of Quebec until like the 1950s. Nice. So to see images of these nuns collecting plants was just like, oh, that's so interesting. This was the start of the modern hospital, right. at least in the North America yeah. uh, mm-hmm. sector. But herbalism exists in many cultures throughout mm-hmm. the world. There are indigenous plants to every region. 
And wherever you live, there is some herb that may benefit you because it's growing in the region where you live. Mm-hmm. And it's like seasonal eating for me. It's like, oh, everyone says to eat seasonally because it could support our ecosystem, but it also can support you. Same thing with herbs. Mm-hmm. So if you're living, so, so for me, living in New York, there are certain indigenous herbs to New York because I'm living in this environment that may support me, especially thinking about allergy season. And we can go mm-hmm. down that road later, but. It's such a vast, beautiful world of everything. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. We're all three connected directly to a country outside of the United States. And the countries that we're connected to all are vast, like deeply into using herbs and as medicine. And I grew up on it. And I always talk about how I just wish I had paid more attention to what my dad used to do because he was more into it than my mom was and he knew just about everything like your period cramps let me go in the backyard grab da 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 come back drink it i'm good to go like i didn't pay Listen. attention to that stuff and i wish i had i wish i same. had same and so. i wish i had a deeper connection to my grandparents when i was younger because when you're mm-hmm. young you're like oh they'll be there forever and then when mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. they're not it's so funny uh listening to like some caribbean friends and family and talking about all the disgusting things <laughs> that they were forced to consume when they were mm-hmm. younger, like the Cersei and the cod oh, liver yeah. oil yeah. and all the, and the shark oil I've heard. Shark and, oil, wow. Yes. And I'm like, they all have their place. Right. And in hindsight, taking all these things, especially if they were bitters, mm-hmm. were meant to like restore you and support your body and mm-hmm. cleansing itself and creating some some good equilibrium in our ecosystem. So it's, it's in hindsight, you're like, ew, right. it was gross, but it helped and it, it worked. It really did. It really did. Yeah. You know, the other thing for me coming out from Haiti is that like the language is different. So what they call it in Haiti or my, what my dad called is totally different. So I'm trying to get my mom like, what is this? Like, I'll be on like the computer <laughs> and I'll have stuff pulled up and I'm like FaceTiming her. I'm like, okay, this is the, the leaf. Is this <laughs> what you're talking about? This because the American name for this or the English name, I should say, for this is this. Is that it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. So what got you into going into herbology and figuring out like the healing powers of herbs? Was this like more recent or you said 11 years that hmm. you've been in it? What got you interested in going back to your roots, so to speak? I would say my interest in herbalism probably stemmed from me just being in the kitchen and okay. cooking and watching people cook and learning how to cook and playing with flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. And after, I, on the last episode I was on, I talked about how I even got into plant-based foods and that whole rigmarole. Mm-hmm. And going down that road and really cleaning up my diet and forcing myself to really focus on the ingredients Mm-hmm. It made me think, well, I don't want bland food. So how am I going to season my food? Mm-hmm. So then you explore all the spices because spices are still part of the herb family, if you will. And just experimenting with that. And then now turning into like a mad scientist in my mind, like, mm-hmm. ooh, well, if I could do this with food, what else can I do for my body using some of these plants and these herbs? to fortify and also strengthen and to add more biodiverse nutrition profile Mm -hmm. to my life. 
And that starts mm-hmm. with herbs. And then instinctively, I was always kind of drawn to different herbs and mm-hmm. teas. Love a yep. tea. I will drink a tea before I will drink a coffee any day of the week. Me too. And, you know, in this realm or this phase of my life, having discovered or uncovered my lineage and seeing the connections to medicine women on both sides of my family mm-hmm. and knowing that existed. So it's genetically just something I'm, I think I'm just predisposed to, but also wanting to always find the natural option mm-hmm. and understanding that natural doesn't mean always means safe or good. True. There are plenty True. of poisonous herbs. Right. Natural is not the default for healthy. And I right. think mm-hmm. wanting to be an educated educate around those types of information. I want our people to be well-informed. Mm-hmm. And I also want them to honor where they come from and not have other powers that be dismiss, oh, that's, you know, those indigenous practices right. are lower level mm-hmm. or not up to par with the medical industry. Mm-hmm. Half of y'all got some of these practices and these solutions and these medications mm-hmm. because of indigenous practices True. and the things you found in the bush and in the rainforest. So let's not be dismissive of indigenous practices and healers and shamans and medicine people. Right. They are the reason who, these are some of the people who introduce some of the things we have in our current modern lexicon. Right. Hey guys, if you're like us, you love using cleaning products in your home that does not have any harsh chemicals. If you have never heard of Branch Basics before, you're going to be so thankful Kim and I introduced you to them. Branch Basics is plant and mineral based, fragrance free, has no harmful preservatives, is human safe, biodegradable, not tested on any animals, and is non-GMO. These cleaning supplies make safe cleaning so simple. Now, here's what sold us when we started using Branch Basics. You know how when you buy a product that is supposed to be green and you go in to use it and it doesn't get the job done? Well, Branch Basics actually gets the job done. From bathrooms to high chairs, kitchen counters, and kids' toys, it gets the job done and we love it. If you want to try it out yourself, go to branchbasics.com and use the discount code Nutrition Lifestyles to get 15% off their starter kit. You are going to be so happy you took us up on this offer. You know, I remember being a young, I, I was, no, it was more recent. I think I, w- I had just gotten married and I was watching this PBS documentary of these neurosurgeons who went to Haiti to speak to the people who knew these herbs real well and to discuss with them like what they were using in regards to putting people to sleep. And they wanted to, it was like a, the blowfish or something like that. And they were trying to figure out how they can use it in surgery to put people to sleep using whatever chemicals or whatever, or of course, recreating it in the lab. But they were trying to study it so that they can recreate it in the lab for the purposes of surgery. And they went to Haiti to do this. See? And on top of that, they don't even, that's true gentrification. (laughs) (laughs) Or or Columbusing, as you will. Because they'll never, sometimes they don't even quote the sources of what was the inspiration for them looking for that. That's true. And then we get erased from the history books as being the the proprietors of that particular invention, if you will, mm-hmm, if you can mm-hmm. even call it that. So 
That's a great example. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's a PBS documentary. Look it up. Wow. That's a first. So I wanted to know, Yoli, what are your thoughts on, because, you know, we're living in the COVID era. Mm-hmm. Who knows when this thing is going to end? Could be a couple months from now, could be a couple years from now. So I wanted to know your personal thoughts. Like when you hear people say that, you know, they're using herbs or they're using plants as a part of their holistic health regimen. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, as I like to call it, the the Pandaroni or the Ponderosa <laughs> has been Ponderosa. very illuminating. Wow. <laughs> into, you know, alternative options in terms of treatment because it's like the wild, wild west out here in terms of what treatments are available. We've heard so much disinformation right. or misinformation rather about what is working and what isn't working. And also this virus is so intelligent and so complex Mm -hmm. and it shows up differently in different people. So if it shows up differently in different people, how do you administer the same treatment for everyone? That's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. If it is affecting my extremities, Mm -hmm. but for the next person, it's affecting their heart. You can't take the same approach. Everyone, we're like snowflakes. All snowflakes are different. Mm -hmm. Every single one, they're not the same. If you put them on the microscope, their composition and how they're formed is completely different. Mm -hmm. So I understand people's desire to go in the natural route because at least in that instance, there can be some customization. Now, what I will say is just a general disclaimer don't go out here on the Googles and just research mm-hmm. and just say, I'm going to take this herb and I'm going to mix it with this herb and I'm going to mix it with it. Have you studied the contraindications? Mm-hmm. Have you checked if it's going to conflict with anything in your system or medications you're taking? Mm-hmm. Do you know the quantities and the dosages to take? Mm-hmm. If you do not, you should be working with a professional and you should build your wellness team. You can have your GP, you can have your herbalist, you can have your naturopathic physician or your functional medicine doctor. And if they're responsible and actually about your health and wellness, they will collaborate. You introduce them, Mm -hmm. you share your medical records with all of them, and then they should be able to get on a, a quick call or send a quick email so they all understand what treatments they are administrating or recommending so that way they are well-informed and then they're also serving you at the best of their capacity for your betterment, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. If we don't have more collaborative health professionals, that is, I think, the, the cornerstone of really improving our overall health as a nation. And you can use the herbs, but understand what you're doing by working with a professional. Even me. I'm like, oh, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And I work with a practitioner. Mm -hmm. That's how I was able to switch things that were going on in my health around because I know what I know, but I also don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And to have those blind spots. And sometimes you can do more harm than good Mm -hmm. if you're just kind of practicing. But you also have the free will to do whatever the heck you want because it is your body at the end of the day. That's but true. also, no, you're taking a calculated risk if you don't know or not familiar with the herbs that you're using. So perfect example at the beginning, what was it? Uh, elderberry. Everyone was, oh, elderberry, mm-hmm, elderberry mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm, immune support, mm-hmm. immune support. Just throw elderberry at it. Right. And then some research came out that it was creating some right. havoc in some people. Right. Like it was good before taking it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good to take it before you were, uh, if you contracted something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But during the, is it, uh, 
cytokine storm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. So mm-hmm. elderberries as a whole is a great, great herb to add to your regimen. But if you're dealing with certain things, it may cause more harm. So right. there's a there's a balance and working with people and keeping track of your of your reactions mm-hmm. is so helpful. And I always tell people, look to your diet first before you do anything. Right. Because putting spices and herbs in your food is a great, easy, introductory way of incorporating it into your world. It mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be the tinctures and the teas. Teas are great too. But it doesn't have to be like the really scientific, like very medicinal thought process behind it. Your diet is just a, a more effective way of introducing it into your system and also helping your body assimilate it a little mm-hmm. bit better. So, you know, I, I like the fact that you said that, Yoli, because I know I have in my past life a plethora of friends that just believe in, oh, well, I'm going to take this herb for this and that herb for that. And I'm like, but guys, you know, there's a side effect as well. Like, yeah, you guys may be against modern day medicine. But then what are you doing to your liver? I even know that there was this older lady and she did not want to take a certain medication and she decided, you know what, she's going to take a particular herb and she ended up hurting her liver. So, Mm. you know, I'm glad that, you know, you brought out, you need to be just as careful when you are taking herbs as you are with these prescription medications, because what impact is it going to have on your particular diet? And additionally, as well, the fact that she said incorporating it into your daily dietary regimen, I think is one, in my personal opinion, I'm not speaking for anyone else on the podcast, Mm -hmm. is one of the safest ways to expose yourself like, okay, here's the benefits of ginger, here's the benefits of nutmeg Mm -hmm. and cardamom and bay leaf and all these other things, things that all of us being from, you know, I know Yoli, your father's African and Joanne and I, we're Caribbean descent you know, these are things that I feel that our ancestors knew. Mm-hmm. These are things that were passed down to us. I remember I have a cousin in my family and she had a baby and her mom is like straight from straight from Yad, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So like when she came here, the baby had like gripe. That's what we call it in Jamaica, gripe. I'm not yeah. sure what it's called. What is it called up here? It's the same thing. It's the same thing, gripe. Yeah. And she was like, no, you know, you can't give, you can't boil down this bush and give me to drink because I'm breastfeeding. So her Mm. mom, like, basically like, okay, you want some tea? So she boiled down the bush. She made it into a tea. You know, the, the, my cousin just thinking it's a normal tea and she gave it to her to drink. And then when she went to breastfeed her child, like the gripe just like went away. So she was like, oh, mom, what did you put in there? She's like, the same bush that you didn't want me to boil down because you're afraid (laughs) that you were breastfeeding. And I remember, Joanne, you were telling me too, after you had your son, your mom was like going strong on like the baths and the herbs and the stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a staple for Haitian households. Like I've had four kids and every last one, one, first one was a C-section. So even the C-section child, I got my bath and it's not a soaking bath. I wasn't soaking into in the tub or anything, but I sat on something like a geriatric chair, like one of those mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in Haiti, that's not what they do. And they sit on something. I don't know what it is. And she uses like castor oil leaves, sour orange leaves. Wow. What else? Lemon leaves, papaya, mango leaves. Shoot. There's a couple more. And she turns them like you can drink it. 
and you can bathe in it too. And she'll take it and she'll rub the, use the leaves as like a washcloth uh-huh. and apply whatever she's using as a soaping. I, I don't even remember what she used. And she soaps, you know, me up with it. And mm-hmm. then she smacks you with the leaves <laughs> all around. That thing will, t- it tightens your skin up. Your body absorbs the nutrients. It reduces inflammation from going through the birthing process because I tend to retain a lot of fluid after I'm during my pregnancies. And, um, you know, like if I went through a a C-section was a surgical procedure, Mm -hmm. I went through three V-backs, but I feel like one of them I had to have, like, I had a tear, like it wasn't even from him coming out. It was from his nails. So Uh. all that, the doctors gave me just like, you know, if they give you approval to take a bath, you know, a shower then you have approval to be able to do the same bath that my mom has done for me for the last four pregnancies. And it's been awesome. And a lot of other Haitian women, and I'm sure somewhere in Jamaica, they doing the same thing, Kim. Oh, yes. I'm sure they are. and For sure, for sure. Everybody who has done it can speak on the benefits and how much, you know, how well they feel. Right. Doing this bath after pregnancy. So yeah, definitely. That is such a great tradition because I know I'm also a trained doula. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Yoli, that you deliver babies too. Yeah. I don't deliver. Doulas do not deliver. Midwives deliver. Doula is the support Support team. And we're also the advocate. Mm -hmm. So that is such a dope thing. I'm going to need you to get specific details on that, Joanne, because... I want to start collecting indigenous practices for mm. postpartum care. Yeah. It's super important. Postpartum is just as important as the actual labor, if mm. not more so, mm. because now the mom has to recover and you have to nurse a newborn. Right. So recovery of the mother is just by far. And I love that idea. Also, just to add a little tidbit uh, recently discovered in the last like two years that my great grandparents are Jamaican. Oh, so I am okay. I'm, I'm on both whoa, sides. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I was like, so like, whoa, whoa, whoa. anyways, not to go Hilarious. into it, but it's so funny. My sisters have always known, but they didn't have any evidence. Oh. They just inter- like they spiritually knew. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they will always go to the to the, the Labor Day parade and mm-hmm. bring Jamaican flags. <laughs> and then we got confirmation like two years ago. Nice. Like, oh, wow. But uh, my homegirl, one of my best friends who lives in Hong Kong, she's from Singapore. When she had her babies, her mom would do wrapping. They would do wrapping of the uterus, the uterine area or around the abdomen area cool. and give her teas and mm-hmm. different things to take. And I love that idea of using herbs as a, a form of recovery support for new moms, especially in a system that has overtly failed a number of, especially black women right, in the right. maternal care system. So it's incumbent upon us to build community Mm -hmm. and provide some of these resources and ways of recovery, because if we don't take care of ourselves, no one else will. Yeah, Yeah, we rap too. We rap as well. Yeah, we rap. My mom, she'll do it in the middle of the day too. I'm like, lady, it's one (laughs) o'clock. And she's like, come on. So she brings the big old, well, my husband carries it upstairs for her to my master bath. And she does the bath and then she's like, all right, now get in bed. And she's, I'm like, it's one o'clock. She's like, you gotta, you gotta go get tucked in. You gotta stay warm. You gotta, 
keep the warmth of the body that we just, you know, I'm like, it's one o'clock. Why can't we do it at night? Why you we know what? Do it in the I, of the day? I'm going to need, I'm going to need your mom. Okay. <laughs> I need to find this podcast. And like, I think I bookmarked it, but I'm not sure. So this, I heard a podcast maybe a year ago mm-hmm. in a Korean system of care where they do the, the binding and stuff, but they also, the mom does a shut in for a month. Hmm. So she doesn't go outside. She stays home because she's not allowed to take a, a shower. Really? Really? Yes. Because it's like you're lowering the, the temperature mm-hmm. of the mom and you need her temperature to stay up. Oh. So that way she, it, it's a fast recovery. It's such a fascinating mm. thing. And the woman who was talking, she was talking about how she was opposed to it because she's like a medical professional. She didn't understand. But now after going through it with her mom and receiving that care, she realizes, oh, wow, there are some important factors in that. So, And then part of what you're talking about also reminds me of this new trend with yoni steams and mm-hmm. using herbs yeah. for that practice. I don't, so I don't know what that is. Your bath reminds me of that. It's like a combination of that mm-hmm. plus a spiritual bath. Mm-hmm. So there's like, I love that. I need, I need all those things in my life. Okay, do. give me the four one one on that. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I get. I mean, I have I have a recipe somewhere. I call it a recipe. I have all the herbs that I've written down somewhere. I just got to look for them. So, throughout the years of you doing this, what are would you say like are your like favorite herbs or herbs that you think are really powerful? That is an unfair question. Huh? It's like asking someone who well maybe not some parents won't admit it, but it's like well, who's your favorite child? And I'm like. <laughs> All of them, <laughs> but then, but it changes from day to day. Like really, mm-hmm. I love a good chamomile or chamomile. Mm-hmm. Really gentle. You can drink it every day. It's relatively safe unless you have some severe potential like hay fever mm-hmm. issues. So there may be some issues around that. I love nettle. Mm-hmm. Nettle, nettle. I can't sing the praises of nettle enough. High in iron. Great for seasonal allergies. I would start taking it about a month before the peak of allergy season and taking like drinking a daily nettle tea. So if you de- if I'm dealing with like anemia or low anemia, I mean like low levels of iron and mm-hmm. borderline anemic, I would definitely incorporate nettle tea because that is like the bee's knees. And of course, above all else, I love a good ginger tea mm-hmm. or a ginger and hibiscus or sorrel, mm-hmm. as we like to call it in our new homeland. Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen, I don't know how many, and I have to make a new pot because I haven't made it in a while. All winter long, typically, I have a big pot of ginger yeah. on the stove. I will break it down. like I'll put it in a blender first. Because I want to activate the oils right underneath the skin. Yes. People chop it up. Chopping it up is not efficient enough. No, I mash it with a motor pestle. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So I put it in a blender just for that quick and like that little quick whiz with some water. Put it in a pot, add water, and I'll bring that to a boil and then let it simmer for like 20 minutes. Sometimes I do way longer than that, but I like I like how strong it mm-hmm. gets and how invigorating and how it moves, the, increases the circulation. So ginger is, I don't care what time of year, I can have ginger tea. Yes. It's, oh. So those are like my top three, four right now. And there's so many others that are helpful. So like for respiratory and digestion, I love slippery elm. Mm-hmm. So I'll make a dope tea of slippery elm 
with some cardamom, a little bit of cinnamon, maybe a pinch of nutmeg, some turmeric. And it's a really gentle, like soothing coating because slippery has mucilage in it. So it's, it's a little slimy. So if you don't like slime, hmm. do not use that. But it, it helps with like creating like a gentle coating of the esophagus and the digestive area. And I, it's one of my favorites. So those are my like top four right now. There are many others. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of next month, I literally will have a wall of herbs and apothecaries because I'm now in the process of getting back into making tinctures and syrups and infused vinegars and honeys. So if anybody wants any, just hit me up because I can't use them right now. I'm just a formulator. You're just I, can't making... even test my, I can't even test my own supply. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm working on just experimenting and having other people test them to just really raise my my level of commitment and vibration to doing this work. I love. I want to be the I want to be the old gnarly medicine woman when I'm like 110. Listen, <laughs> I do too. I do too. At my house, like ginger is year round. Ginger is a Haitian staple. So right now on the pot, I have ginger, parsley, garlic, cloves, turmeric, brewing. And I've been drinking that for the last week or two because- Woo, talk about an immune booster. Right? Yeah, With yeah. The and then garlic and the cloves? Oh, yeah. And then like throughout this whole pandemic, I've had a mixture of ginger, onions, garlic, thyme, rosemary, brewing as well. Like that's a Haitian staple. Every flu season, you have that brewing, you take that, you drink that every day. Now, Yoli has said this throughout the podcast, this episode, and I'm going to stress it again. These things, just because they're natural, does not mean that you can go ham on them, especially if you're taking medication, because there are so many contraindications. And that's one of the things I see on social media all the time. It's people giving advice to just on a general level to take this. So I'll make recommendations and say, this is good for this. But I will never tell someone who I don't know their medical history to just go straight up, take this, because I don't know what harm can happen. And I think that's one of the riskiest things, mentality people can have in regards to natural remedies is thinking just because they're natural, no harm can come of it. Absolutely. And I think just being mindful also, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't feel well. Let me just throw everything at it. <laughs> everything together. <laughs> when you throw everything at it, even if you're not throwing it, like even if you take, do you realize sometimes you can overwhelm your body? Yes. Think of your body like that computer browser you have open. If you all open 40 tabs on your browser, your computer is like, what the hell are you doing? This mm-hmm. is too much. Let me give you a bunch of error messages to let you know. You are doing the most. Start shutting stuff down. Mm-hmm. Take a systematic approach. Start with the simple stuff. Right. Are you drinking enough water? Sure. One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I eating a bunch of junk? Right. That isn't supporting my system right now. Am I eating things that I can't even pronounce? Is my food filled with a bunch of food coloring mm-hmm. that is not necessarily helpful to my overall? But start with the things that you can control and that you know how to do. Mm-hmm. And so, well, some people don't know how to do, but cook your own food. Right, right. That was the first catalyst for me to improving my health is changing my diet. That's the original herbalism is food mm-hmm. and cooking and 
infusing things. Our people know how to season food, but it also kept us healthy because they were, it wasn't just for the flavor profile. It was, it actually had medicinal properties and, mm-hmm. and values. So I'm all about, listen, I'm a foodie. You give me some food, I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And if it has good herbs in it to like fortify my system, even better. And you can make anything healthy and still taste good at the same time. Sure like they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I feel so, you. So why do you think it is, Yoli, that herbs and tinctures and all of those things are seen as taboo? Knowing that a lot of our medicines come from plants. Mm-hmm. It's a systematic approach of deny, deny, deny. So people will turn to, honestly, I think it's capitalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. That's really what it is. And I think some of the medical institutions are doing a disservice to their students. Give them the whole history don't be dismissive of quote unquote alternative medicine shouldn't even be called alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. Like you're making it seem like it's like new age right, and right, right. you know, this hipster thing mm-hmm. that people are doing when they've a lot of responsible doctors for years, eons, even my general, my GP, he believes in homeopathy. He's one of the first doctors in New York to introduce homeopathy right. wow. as a potential viable option. And if you close your mind and think, Oh, science, 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 Science is based on plants. It's the study of plants that they were able to see, oh, this plant did this. Okay, how can we synthesize this and make a synthetic version of that? Mm-hmm. And I don't understand the hokey pokey of hokey pokeying alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think if more conventional practitioners and physicians talk to and worked with a more diverse set of modalities Mm -hmm. and really embraced it, they would see a better healthcare system. They would have better health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, better health outcomes doesn't necessarily mean more money Mm -hmm. for the institution that you you keep going. But if you have healthy people, then they'll start referring people to you and you will, your calendar will always be filled with people because unfortunately Some of us wait until things are bad before we start seeking help and support. So I think, I think it's just taboo because people don't have an understanding. They don't invest time into educating themselves. And I feel bad sometimes for some of the naturopathic physicians because it's something they've had to deal with for a long time. Naturopathic physicians get very similar, if not the same. Well, no, they get the same exact training that MDs do, but they look at the person as a whole person and not as broken down into bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember there was this doctor I used to work with. He died now, but he was a gastroenterologist and his wife was a naturopathic doctor. And like their offices were like right next to each other. So Mm -hmm. let's say, you know, after he did surgery on someone, you know, he'll give them the prescription medications and then refer to his wife. I don't know if that was nepotism. Probably it was. (laughs) But like his recovery and patient outcomes like the hospital will constantly congratulate him. And it was like a quick turnaround time for them. You know, the patients were in the hospitals with extra complications. So I definitely see what you're saying that, you know, it can be capitalism a lot of the times and also just share ignorance, share ignorance and fear of the unknown. Right. 
and fear and of change, also- like the mindset, like what I was taught in school, mm-hmm. that box they've placed me in. I'm not trying to step yep. out that box. And the superiority complex that was instilled, like I went to medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes me a doctor. So that means I know everything in the universe mm-hmm. that is going on with your body. But not really. No. Like that that's not how that works. It's a foundation for your medical research and your medical practice. If you really about this work and not just in it because you want to, you're satisfying your parents' desires for you to be a doctor. If you're really about this work, that's why they have continuing education credits. So you can keep going out there and enhancing and adding more and learning more so you can be a more well-rounded service provider. Mm -hmm. Key word or key phrase, you are a service provider. Mm -hmm. You are not God. (laughs) Service, you're providing a service to someone and for them to acquire health in whatever whatever that looks like for them. Right. And I think that part is missing. The service part is missing. The bedside manner is missing. And I think if we can just have a return to yes. even that, like have, stop. I know with, like, in, I just learned all this stuff about insurance and the time limits yes. that people have, like, Insurance can dictate how how long you sit with a client. Sure can. That is like how functional medicine and naturopathic physicians initial consult could be like an hour long Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they want to know who you are and what you're going through so that they're making recommendations based on your story, right? And your health story. Fifteen minutes of seeing a physician. You can't learn in fifteen minutes. What can you learn about someone? And if you're not going to do it, at least have a, a nurse practitioner or someone in your office who's doing that initial in-depth work and research to help better inform that 15 minutes that you're spent. Because I know I have many times I've gone to a doctor and I'm like, oh, I didn't write all the stuff I remember. Like I didn't write things down and I would go into the office and completely forget all the quote unquote symptoms that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then if they're not asking, I'm not telling. So it, it's... We all have to just work together. Let's just yeah. be better to ourselves. Yeah. My kids, they go to a pediatric functional medicine practice mm-hmm. and it's absolutely awesome. So their initial appointments, like the first time they go there, it's like two to three hours long. Wow. They're going into everything. And I'm like, this is what medicine should be like. This is what people should be receiving when they go to a doctor. Like you shouldn't 15 minutes is not enough time for someone to learn who you are. You can learn my symptoms. So you're addressing my symptoms and you may be treating my symptoms, but are you truly treating the cause of those symptoms? Are you truly treating me as a whole person? No. No. And I remember the first time I ever saw an integrative physician, I had a sinus infection and she said, well, let's do a neti pot for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then if we don't see any results for them, then we'll look at mm-hmm. antibiotics. Mm-hmm. She went there first. She didn't leave any options off the table. She's like, let's look at, let's look at the natural option. And then if right. that doesn't work, then we'll go on to the next thing. And I think if we took more of that approach and also the medical system just needs a, a rehaul. Mm-hmm. Like how many physicians don't know about nutrition? Right. If you don't know about nutrition, work with a nutritionist. Or bring one into your practice. Right. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. 
type two diabetes. Oh, here's a medication. Just take that. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you referring them out to a nutritionist? Why isn't there one in your office so that they can tackle the diet part and get some counseling about their dietary habits Mm -hmm. to reverse something that is, has the potential to be reversed. Right. So just overall, I'm just like, I'm over it, but I'm also optimistic because now we are seeing a resurgence of people turning this is to true. looking at other options. Mm-hmm. And if we keep going in that direction, I think that was the gift of the pandemonium <laughs> is that we have an opportunity to sit back and really look at what's going on mm-hmm. and do things differently. Yeah. I've also seen, and I don't know, it's because I'm surrounded by these kind of practitioners, but I feel like I've seen more holistic, functional, integrative MDs coming about in the last few years. So people are leaving that traditional type of mentality of treating patients and going that route. And I'm loving it. I'm loving that. I see them all the time now. Like Mm -hmm. one lady came on, I was hosting like a conversation online and this woman came into the room. She's an MD and she's like, I've been practicing for 20 years and I'm switching my practice Wow, to be functional and integrative. And I'm actually going to maybe do more of some naturopathic certifications. I'm like, wow, because she had her own health challenge and noticed right. the deficiencies in the, the system that she was working under and decided to do something different. That is awesome. So all three of us are in Clubhouse, actually, but Yoli is the person who's on there more so than the rest of us. And so I've popped in here and there. I'll get notifications and I'll see Yoli come on. And one time I saw Yoli, I saw the title. It was like something about calling somebody out, people out on Clubhouse who don't know what they talk oh, about. Oh, Lord. And I was like, I know, because I've thought about this. I'm like, all these people on Clubhouse talking about they experts. Are y'all really all experts? And then I saw Yoli <laughs> do a, Yoli did a room. She was like, I was just on this other room. And this guy he, or person, I don't know if it was a guy or girl, they kicked me out because I called them out on their foolery. And I was like, you know what? That was needed because I've been thinking about the same thing. All these people who are trying to tell people to do this, do that. Most of them don't know what the heck they're talking about. I really don't. It was it was and hilarious. I, yeah. But in, in that same clubhouse platform, it's where I also listened to one of the rooms that you had. It's a herb room, right? Observing herbs or something like Observing that? Observing herbs, yep. I was just in there before we, we popped oh, in yeah? here. And something I instituted today was when they reset the room, I add in a disclaimer because I think it's important when you're on social media and these platforms, Mm -hmm. get your advice. Like you can get some support here. We will give, like we throw all the things at people. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you have a GP, talk to your GP. If you have a health practitioner, if you have a nutritionist, an herbalist, whoever you work with, take all that advice that you got here and go to them and say, hey, these are some of the things I learned, or these are some of the tests that they suggested I run. Let's run it. If they refuse, then tell them, hey, put on my record, my medical record, that you refuse to administer this test mm-hmm. that I asked for. Mm-hmm. You are the service provider. I have insurance. If I'm asking you to run a test, run that shit. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> I'll <boot> that out. <laughs> no, but you're fine. run that ish <laughs> because that's what I would like. I want the answers. As uh, one of the doctors on the clubhouse says, don't guess test. 
and yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Megan actually is, and I lo- I was like, oh yes, don't guess test, and that's how I feel about stuff. Stop guessing about your body. Mm-hmm. If you have the privilege and access to healthcare and insurance, utilize it just to get some answers. And then once you have the answers, at least you can use the alternative options mm-hmm. in a more cohesive and efficient way. Mm-hmm. But just guessing, oh, I feel this. Oh, something must be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you're feeling that way, find out, confirm that right. something is off. And if you're not getting the answers that you want, find somebody else. Because there's else. always else. So, listen, we don't have to be in these abusive medical relationships. Girl, nope. We can go out here and find a new boo. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> person you're with is not the person you have to stay with. Right. Unless you're like, you're restrictive in your insurance in some capacity. But even then, then you write to the insurance and say, this person is not providing me the care that I need. I need to switch out mm-hmm. and make it happen. Mm-hmm. It takes a, sen- a certain sense of commitment and fortitude to be that person because you have to be. Some people resign themselves like, oh, it is what it is bunk that mm-hmm. be committed to you because mm-hmm. this is your life like right now that's true right. something that i always tell patients and clients is you have to realize that medical professionals work for you mm-hmm. it's not the other way around you're the one paying them their salary their check right. and you're your patient advocate i don't know if it's the white coat syndrome or if some medical mm-hmm. professionals walk around that i'm holier than thou but you really have to advocate for yourself. Like I know with my doctors, I'm holding them accountable. Like explain this to me, hold up. What is this medication for? Why are we doing this procedure? I'm calling them out and letting them know you didn't answer my question. So I'm not just going to be like one of those patients that sit back and take everything that you're saying. No, Mm -hmm. I drive the bus here. You're just a passenger that I allowed on the bus. Facts. <laughs> and see how my voice went all the way up because I got really excited. I'm like, don't do this. Be committed uh, because it's imperative that we speak up for ourselves. And then when we are living in our body 24 7, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one else is. Right. So if you don't say something and speak up for the things that don't feel right, then it's not going to be addressed. And on top of that, part of the thing that I love about studying herbalism is for me, I realized, and this is before herbalism, but it's something that's kind of incorporated. People get to learn how to know what their body feels like. Mm -hmm. We have such a disconnect Mm -hmm. at times. I'm just hypersensitive because I've been doing it for so long that I notice when immediately when something is off. But people have become resigned to having pain Mm -hmm. and discomfort and just the Oh, it's just, you know, new normal. pain because I'm, yeah, no, unless it's a chronic condition and not even then, mm-hmm. like we, we can do things to manage it. We need to sustain this notion that pain and discomfort is not a norm. It doesn't have to be a norm mm-hmm. for most people. There are some people like neural damage and things like that. That's something they have to manage, but I truly believe many things, if not most things, can be managed in some capacity. Definitely, And we need to have a return. We, mm-hmm. we need to have a mass exodus away from the notion that pain is, I'll just tolerate it. I'll just deal right. with it. No, deal with it. Get through it. Find a way. And if you don't have access to healthcare, at the end of the day, you can do the 
smart experimentation, read studies, consult friends who are practitioners, because I know sometimes money is obviously an issue, especially during this pandemonium <laughs> and <laughs> access to care can be challenging for people. And at the end of the day, there are plenty of physicians, practitioners, if they're on social media, their DMs are open, explain your situation. And they can give you general, like, oh, what I've done for my client is, because herbalists can't be prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can talk about what, if it were me, I would take, or what I have seen for other people is, that's why it's like challenging in the herbalism world, because you have to be very careful and very sensitive to the words we use and how we're talking to people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just wish there was some type of accreditation. But even then, even with medical professionals, you can write a prescription, but you still have to be very mindful about how you interact with people. And that's where that whole bedside manner comes into it. Talk to people and treat them as if they were a a family member you love. Mm-hmm. Not the you know the drunk uncle you could care less about, about uh, someone you actually love and care for and want to see them whole and well. And for me, that is the true testament of a wellness professional, sure. a client at the end of the day who can say, "I feel better. I feel better than I've ever felt in years," and this person cares that I am doing well. Right. If your client can't say that, then ethically, what the hell are you doing? Right. Let's talk about neem oil, because I heard you talking about neem oil in the Observing Herb Room. And I was like, is she for real? What the, what, what is she talking about here? Because I have neem oil I got for the purposes of pest control for my quarantine garden. So I have like this big old jar in the garage. But you were talking about neem oil for a completely different purpose or purposes. And then you sent me the articles to back it up and all that. And I was like, birth control and neem oil? Listen, so there was a, <laughs> a, there's a few studies about it, but there was one in, I think it was 1990, mm-hmm. and it was about uh, anti-fertility effects of neem mm-hmm. oil. And I was like, oh, what is, what, is, what is this? And then I kept reading about it, and they may say it's a novel use, but in India, they were studying basically how women... And men use neem, the plant. So in men, one of the studies showed that neem, like a neem supplement Mm -hmm. for men could potentially act as a birth control. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, birth control for men? Right. That would be awesome. Please. And of course, they use animals to as the control, but it just showed that it basically could make them temporarily infertile, Mm -hmm. essentially. And it ranged on how long that effect would be. And then once they were off, they could go back to their normal fertility rates. And then for women, neem oil could potentially act as a spermicide. Mm. So it stinks to high hell, but it is effective as all heck and has been one of the things I have used as my alternative to birth control because I can't deal with the hormone fluctuations mm-hmm. and the things that birth control does to to my personal body. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting. If you just research, and most neem companies are responsible. They can't go out here and say, hey, neem does this. Right. But quiet is kept, side conversations. They're very aware. Now, for women, 
the pill doesn't act in the same way, I believe. So women have to use it internally by creating like a neem suppository, maybe like neem with coconut oil, or you can put it on um, organic tampon mm-hmm. like and use it as like a suppository. So the neem oil is a spermicide for women, and then the neem leaf extract reduces male fertility. Wow. According to the studies. I would love to see them do more research on this, but as we know, if it's not going to make them any money, most likely the research is not going to continue and be more current on this. But I I love this idea because, I mean, not everyone is able to take the traditional birth controls, pills or any kind of insertions or whatnot. And I'm one of those people. So due to my digestive health, so I can't take birth control pills like that. Yeah. Put that man on his neem birth control. (laughs) And I like the idea of men having some more accountability. I do too. For that practice. So it, it doesn't happen right away. You just don't take the pill and then it switches. It takes about according to the studies, maybe about a month or so mm-hmm. or up to two months before you can start to see the effects or the the birth control efforts. But in that, everyone should be practicing some whatever forms of birth control that they feel are effective for them. Right. And then if you're both going to do it, you use the neem oil and then he can use the uh, capsule or the supplement. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would love to see more studies on this. That's amazing. I would too, because it's important. <laughs> and or maybe not so many studies. Let's just keep it internal, so they don't know they don't Columbus. And <laughs> That's <true walked>. too. <laughs> And then Neem is like, and then we're like, oh, right. now Neem is being depleted. Right the, now, it's an endangered species. That's but, uh, so true. Neem doesn't work, people. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the medical community. You're Everybody so else, Neem is so great. <laughs> medical community. And scientists, oh, it's just horrible. It does nothing. Oh it just gosh. stinks. Oh <laughs> so, Yoli, I want to close off with this question. If people want to know more about herbs, is there a book that you can recommend or a podcast or some type of resource that people can start educating themselves? Because I feel like seeing that people are social distancing and they're staying at home more, they're looking for knowledge. So how can they increase their knowledge? Find an herbalist. Find one. Just find one. And talk to them. Okay. Because I think having that, like you can read the books Mm -hmm. and you can go to the schools, but sometimes working with someone who's been a practitioner is helpful. But I'm like you. I'm a, I love research. I love seeing the studies. Mm -hmm. Just go on. The internet is a treasure trove of information about just basic like herbal plants. Mm. There are a few books on, I'm still building my collection. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I literally have a storage unit wow. and a, a quarter of it is books wow. on health and wellness and guides. So just a basic herbal dictionary, mm-hmm. but don't forget, there's so many herbs in the world. Girl. So get a book that starts with your where you live. So there's an herbalism book for the United States. Then there's a general one. And then also research the herbs, like I said at the beginning, that are indigenous to where you currently live. And also research the herbs of where your family is from Mm. because there's a genetic disposition to those herbs and those could aid you currently. So specific books, I'll get back to you. Maybe we'll put it on your Instagram and your stories. Yeah, So I'll get some suggestions, especially from the Exurban Herbs Club. We have like a, a list of schools, resources, books, 
and I will be building my current, well, continuing to build my library. Matter of fact, I'll check in my storage unit and see what books I have there. And I have to bring them out anyway, since I'm doing new formulations. Mm -hmm. So we'll post it. Look on their Instagram (laughs) for all the suggestions. Thank you. And trust yourself. If you are called to herbs, as uh, a few practitioners have told me, start with the herb that you are called to, like a plant, whatever plant that is, mm-hmm. whatever herb that is, if you feel a gravitational pull to it, get that plant and then study it. Mm-hmm. One herbalist in Peru, I think it was Therese, uh, who I met on Clubhouse, she always tells people, like, spend some time with that herb. Even like the herb school I'm in now, uh, which is chestnut, mm-hmm. is finding a plant that you are called to and just spending time with it and learning it. Look at the nuances. Plants are living things. Mm -hmm. They can, they speak and communicate to each other. Mm -hmm. They're not just some inanimate things that have no presence in the world. If you see a plant and they're like pulling towards the sunlight, they're like, I need more sun. Mm -hmm. Is I think the secret world of plants, I think is one of the great, I think that's the name of the book. And I love that book because it really tells you about Really about the lifespan and the deep knowledge that plants have in this world. Mm -hmm. They've existed for eons. They existed before you. They will exist after you. And I think that is the name of the book, The Secret Lives of of Plants by Peter Tompkins. Mm -hmm. It opens up a whole new world and paradigm to think about who plants are and why they're here. They all have their purposes. They all have different things. They they protect themselves. They communicate with each other. And it's a whole ecosystem that uh, many of us are completely unfamiliar with. So I would say start with that book. That book is from, I think, 1970, like 73. And it's a wonderful way to just get an idea of rethinking about the plant world. And then from there, get a plant. Like I have a palm tree that I love and I've been nurturing. And just seeing like what it likes, what it doesn't like. How can I utilize it? My next plant is probably going to be violet. Violet has a world of medicinal uses mm. that are gentle and available. And I feel called to work with that plant. So when I feel calling, bring it in, grow it, and just become one with the plant. Mm. I know it sounds it sounds it sounds very hippy dippy, <laughs> but there's a reason to it. It's like getting a new pet. You have to learn all the nuances and the things of that plant so that way you can sustain its life Mm -hmm. and keep it going. And then they give back to you in many, many ways. So that's the approach that I've adopted into my life in terms of being more well-rounded and not just being surface and superficial with Mm -hmm. the practice. You know, I I definitely see what you're saying because I remember being younger, my mom would always talk to her garden and I'd be like, Okay, crazy lady, what's going on here? <laughs> and she's like, Kim, don't you know that the plants can respond to you? They oh, can tell Lord. if you're my mom. But let me tell you, her garden flourished, thriving, probably flourished, probably thriving. yielded fruits and vegetables and different things. And to this day, she still, you know, has her little garden in her back patio, and she's still talking to her plants. She's talking to her pepper tree, and that pepper tree is loaded. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling people to go talk to their plants now. That's just what my mom does. But, you know. No, do do that. They <laughs> respond. There's so many studies highlighting how plants have been responsive. Mm-hmm. They can learn. 
Mm. Things, it's just, it's a fascinating thing to me. And we shouldn't be dismissive of, of that. If it's in this world, if we are all created in the image and likeness of the universe, God, Allah, Buddha, whoever you want to call on, if we exist here and we are all of the same elements, treat those elements and the things that exist around us with the same respect as you would treat another human being. I like that. I like that. So Yoli, tell, tell the people, if they're on Clubhouse, how can they get in touch with you to find out more about your plants and your herbalist journey and just learn more? Well, on the socials in general, my username is Yoli Wea, so it's Y-O-L-I-O-U-I-Y-A. On Clubhouse, though, my username is Wellness, so literally just Wellness. That's it. Yes, (laughs) just Wellness on Clubhouse. And then I have a few clubs. So we have Next in Wellness, which focuses on a myriad of different topics. So like today, we're doing a talk on alternative pain management, and we're talking specifically about inflammation. Joanne, gut lady, yes, uh, you should definitely come in on that conversation mm-hmm. because the gut, for me, is the second brain of the body, yeah. as they all say. Sure is. And inflammation starts, if this is inflamed, that's right. Ooh, there's a whole other set of issues. And then I have a new club called African Hippie, and that's literally just all the hippy-dippy stuff we can talk about, <laughs> from growing your own plants to living off the land to homesteading and foraging and and that's my new child Mm -hmm. and then i have a myriad of other like witchy stuff like contemporary coven but and observing herbs that's a group that i'm admin of and and administrator of and we are now at like twenty three thousand followers and like over two thousand members and i love going into these spaces because it's so welcoming Mm -hmm. and it's literally if you ask one question and you're expecting to take like a few sentences, Mm-mm. everyone always says, oh, I just took like two, three pages of notes. Wow. Right. Because there's so many dope people mm-hmm. who gravitate to these rooms to just share information right. and building community that way. So, Right. Yay. I love that room. I'm a member of it. I'm a member of that room, Observing Herbs. Well, thank you, Yoli. As usual, it was awesome having you on and you yes. gave us so many gems to digest. Everyone listening, please make sure to tell someone to listen to this episode and so that they can tell somebody hopefully as well to listen to this episode. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.